What's going on, everybody? It is Tuesday night. That means it's time for the big three. You already know that. I mean, yeah. hopefully you do, but if you're new, you know. Yeah, I just want to say, I don't know if you saw the group chat that we're in. Like, Ryan Mallett just passed away. You hear about that? Uh, quarterback of the – it was just oh. like – That's from too bad. Brown. Yeah, I saw. I was on Instagram. I was like 1988 to 2023. Uh, he drowned, I think. I, I mean, I, I don't want to interrupt, but I was like, no, holy good. crap. Because I'm a Ravens fan. He played for the Ravens. So that's, that's kind of sad, man. That's... I, I mean, yeah. You, you never want to hear, you know, somebody passing away. Oh, so. yeah. Hey, I, like, like I had to say sad news on the, on the show. But, damn, I was like, holy crap, man. That's so I was right. like, like fresh. So. But what's going nah, on, Gene and Devin? You know, people tuning in may not have known, so you know, let them know. It's all good, but I mean, I guess to somehow transition from that real quickly. But uh, it is Tuesday night, time for the big three. I mean, you already know we got the normal crew here tonight. You know, last week Jake wasn't here, but good to see you back. Uh, but you know, we got Dylan, Jordan, Jake, and myself here every week, Sports Empire Network. You know, hit the subscribe button, like, share, all that good stuff. I already see people in the chat. Really appreciate. Got Freddie, uh, Dez, Gene. What's going on, all of you? Um, but I guess. Oh, Dylan, what's up? So I guess before we get into it, you know, Dylan, how you doing tonight? Oh, thank you. Oh, Mike's off. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, I did a show with you yesterday. Like I said earlier, you just know, good NBA draft, getting excited for this free agency and then just watching baseball, really, you know, waiting for any big news to just happen in the other sports. So at least this gets me time to learn a little bit more about baseball. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Jake, now that you're back, you know, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad to be back. I had a great trip out. Uh, my flight got delayed because I didn't have a pilot for us. So that was a fun five hour delay getting in like four o'clock in the morning. But other than that, I'm great and glad to be here for the show. I mean, not having a pilot, that's like the one thing you should have if you're one thing one thing you need, yeah. 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 I mean <laughs> uh yeah, Jordan, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good, man. Good. Just uh another good show. Is that do you hear like any static? Is that me or yeah, I hear I hear static. Really? It's good now. It's going now, yeah, it's I'm good. doing yeah, good. good. I'm doing good. Um, you know, like doing so. We had a good show Monday for the cheap seats. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, that was a good show, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to hear about um the um where Dame Dame goes. I mean, he's kind of like heating up. I don't know if trade talks are heating up. I know Miami is a clear front runner. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about free agency, where Dame goes. Um, NFL. I'm ready to talk about. It. Let's get it. I mean, is there ever a clear cut, you know, anything that you want to believe about the whole Damian Lillard story? I mean, we'll get into it a little bit later, but I mean, that, that whole thing, something needs to yeah, happen soon. I think I posted in the chat, it was like, uh, in, in order f- f- for him, in order for him to stay, he, he wants Grant and Draymond Green. I'm like, bro, that's just. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. We get to I'm, I'm ready to talk about it now, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that because. David Willard, all right. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead. We're going to start with some NFL stuff and then get into the NBA like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So, first up, let me pull this up. Got old Justin Jefferson, Jay Jettas, whatever you want to call him. I was looking around. I found, I think it was NFL.com or something, had their bold predictions for this upcoming season. And one of the predictions was 
Justin Jefferson going over 2,000 yards receiving. I mean, so far in his career, I think his rookie year, he was a little over 1,400 yards. Then he went to 1,600 yards the second year. Last year, he was up over 1,800. I guess natural progression, you think he might get a little bit more this year. But what do you think about that prediction? Do you think there's a chance Justin Jefferson goes over 2,000 receiving yards? Uh, we can start with Dylan on this one. Um, man, I'm going to just say I think it's possible. Um, I, I don't think you can count him out. But if I had to make a prediction, I would say no. Um, 2,000 yards is something that is very hard to eclipse. It's not ever happened, has it? It, it hasn't. It got really close one mm -hmm. year, but exactly. it has never exactly. happened. Exactly. So it's something that it's not ever been done. And as crazy as it would think for him to get it, he has a receiver. He is a receiver that has that potential. Kirk Cousins being the quarterback on the other end just seems so wild for me to believe. <laughs> um, so that's just going to be my big deciding factor um, on that. I think, you know, he's good. They did get Jordan Addison's. Um, you don't spend a first round pick on a receiver not to try to use them as a lot. Maybe you might see Jefferson's yardage go down a little bit. I know Thielen's not the guy there anymore, but it didn't mm -hmm. seem like they were really using Thielen there anyways towards the end of this couple seasons there. But um, yeah, I'm just going to say no. I would say it's probable he'll get towards 1800 again, but I would say maybe he gets stick around 1600-ish range. And I still think that's a very impressive season. But 2,000 is, is is very crazy. I think that's going to be rough to get for anybody. It hasn't been done. Okay. Um, I mean, Jake, Jordan, do either of you think he goes over 2,000? Well, you said the closest he, well, he had like 1,400, I think. No, last year he had a little over 1,800. It was, it was 1,809 last year. Yeah. Uh, Hmm. I think I don't know if, if, if the Vikings are kind of implement whether I know they're going to um, implement Jordan Addison in there. I think they might take away some of his, you know, Jetta's like, you know, receiving yards because he might he's going to get some attention, too. Um, so I don't know. It's hard. Um, I, I feel like he can he can get close to it. but I don't think he's going to reach it. Um, but I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not talking bad on on Jetta. Like, I know he's. An elite receiver, but and I, that's a hard thing to do, you know. And yeah. I mean, it's not hard to do, but it's like it's hard to be do. realistic, you know. It's hard to do. It's hard. No, it's very hard to harder to do. You you look at it, and if you were to take the two thousand yards and assuming he plays all seventeen games, it's like one hundred and eighteen yards a game <laughs> is the average. Like right. so, that means if you have if you have a game where you have one hundred and five yards and two touchdowns, which is a really good game, you're under performing like you're not on track for 2000 yards that's how ridiculous this is i do want to point out that the record is uh calvin johnson with uh, 1964 i and thought it was calvin mm -hmm. yeah and the cooper cup did it at 1947 but that was with 17 games and calvin's was with uh, 16 i don't think he can do it i have a hard time trusting this minnesota team uh dylan makes the biggest point it do you think kirk cousins is gonna be the guy that can really deliver 2000 yards you have to look at how so many things went really well for minnesota with how they performed they had a winning record and things just seemed like it was like their peak like that was the absolute best this team could do i don't think they can reach that again however i'll say that if a receiver is going to hit 2000 yards it's probably would be justin jefferson because i do think mm -hmm. he is the biggest threat uh to break that record to hit that threshold because mm -hmm. in my opinion he's the best receiver in the game and 
Who knows? Maybe the Minnesota defense will be so bad they're having to throw the ball 55 times a game, and that's how we can get to the 2,000 yards. We just don't know, but I wouldn't bet on it. It's a good take, like a good, uh, what do you call it, bold prediction, but Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't bet money on it. I don't think, I think hitting 2,000 yards and playing in all 17 games is just going to be a a monumental ask for any receiver that it's almost impossible. Again, 120 yards a game is what you're asking. Yeah. All right. So then, I guess looking at that, because Gene did put in a bold prediction of his own. So what is more likely that Jettas isn't in the top five in receiving yards or the two thousand? I think the Ooh. reason. I think the reason why I, I think guess. Gene. Yeah, I was gonna say I think the reason why I think Gene said um, um, that Garrett Wilson has a better chance is because I think that you know obviously. Even though, even though um, Aaron Rodgers just hasn't been like, other than that Super Bowl he had, I mean, if you compare Cousins to Aaron Rodgers, you're gonna say Aaron Rodgers over, over Kirk Cousins. So I think that Garrett Wilson will strive and flourish more with Aaron Rodgers than, I mean, I'm, but could we all say Kirk Cousins is like doesn't doesn't show up in primetime games? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I'm not hitting all, at all on Jefferson. I think that. You know, I think that Garrett Wilson has a better chance with Aaron Rodgers than he does with, say, he, he has with Kirk Cousins. Um, so, and plus, Garrett Wilson is a lot, a little bit. Well, how old is Jefferson? He's like in late twenties, early mid twenties. I think Jefferson, or I think Garrett was like what 21, 24, 23? Jefferson was that old. Justin yeah, Jefferson is twenty four. He just turned twenty four yeah, years yeah, old. I was and like Wilson is his second year, so he's like what. Probably like, like 22. 20, 22 yeah, it's probably like 22. Yeah, so I guess they're both so they're, young. They're both young. They're both young. But I guess I'm saying I guess I guess Gary Wilson has a, has a better quarterback. So I guess we're gonna see more production out of out of Wilson than we are gonna see out of you know out of J- Jetta. But I think Jetta's gonna be have a good year, man. I think he's gonna go off like he did last year. But the 2000 that's gonna be that's hard. Like I think Jake said, you like the last person who did it was close to did it was a what uh, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, Calvin, mm-hmm. and then t- uh, two years ago it was Cooper um, Cooper Cup. But the, Cooper when, Cup. but that remember when Cooper Cup did that, there was talk about Cooper Cup being the MVP of the league, which a wide receiver has never done, and it was right. this big deal for everything that he did. And he's mm-hmm. and with 17 games and a pass happy offense, he still fell short. He still fell short by about 50 yards. That's how hard this is to do. It's not any knock on Cooper Cup. That was a fantastic year. It's just like 120 yards a game. That's insane. It's a big well, ask. Yeah. Like we have to remember, like go back, especially Kyle and I can remember since we're a little older in the what early 2000, very early 2000s. It was a big deal for receivers to hit a thousand yards mm-hmm. in a season. Like, oh man, so-and-so had, you know, back-to-back thousand yard seasons. That's a big deal. Now we're going up to, can the guy hit 2000? That's just what this, yeah, this curve is for this talent and how the league has changed. Just, it's mind boggling. All right. So Gene's another prediction. So the Chase and Wilson lead the league this year, both um, projecting to have an amazing year. Okay. I mean, like I said, well, I guess like Gene said earlier, if he doesn't have Jefferson in his top five in receiving yards, so you're gonna, so he's looking at Chase and Wilson. I wonder who the other three would be. I mean, yes, Jordan Addison's gonna take some targets and stuff away from Jefferson. But he's still going to be the number one guy. He's still going to be the guy that you would think Cousins is going to lean on in tough situations. We've seen his ability to make 
you know, ridiculous catches and everything like that. He's just going to throw the ball up and yeah. towards number 18. That's all he's going to do. He's like, uh, I'm going to have to get hit. Just going to throw it. And that's how we had that catch against Buffalo, which is the best catch yeah, I've ever seen. Like wild. Like, but... as, as much attention as Addison is going to get, mm-hmm. they, they drafted Addison so that they're not like triple teaming Justin Jefferson because he's that good. He's that talented. And he, it's kind of like Steph Curry on a basketball court where Steph Curry takes up so much space, so much gravity of the attention on the defense. That's what the secondary has to do against when they're playing Minnesota. And it's that way with other receivers too. Jamar Chase, I think, is the other person that I would put on the same level. So you draft Addison, so you have to spread him out a little bit, and it should make things easier for him to get some yards. But again, 2,000, I, man, that that's tough. If he hits 2,000, he has to win MVP because that would be unreal. Like It's hard to process 2,000 yards in the season. Yeah. And you figure if he does that, then um, Kirk Cousins – Probably had some good primetime games this year. Yeah. Which, I mean, too much which I'm not Kirk. betting on. I'm not <laughs> right. betting on. I ain't I'm betting on Kirk. The only other reason he could get this, like I said before, is if the Minnesota defense comes back down to their true form and they're allowing 35, 40 points a game. And kind of like what we saw with Drew Brees when he had all those crazy passing numbers, he just had to throw the ball up a ton because that's the only way they could go into games. You banned the running game earlier and you have – 45, 55 pass attempts. That could happen mm-hmm. too. And they're losing games, but they're just eating up all these empty calorie yards. That could be one option. Okay. All right. So Gene did come up with his, I guess, other three to run on his top five. Cheetah, CD, and Tay. Monte Adams. Okay. And Gene also agrees with Dez about Jerry Judy. Another one that he thinks will break out. That's going to be depending on... Worse. He's not going right. to get any worse. Right. It's also depending on Russell Wilson stepping his game up, which, I mean, I think it's going to be one of the storylines of, of this season. Can Sean Payton yep. kind of resurrect Russell Wilson? Because it looked that, it looked awful last year. It looked year. bad. That's that's what Jerry Judy's going to do is he's going to – he's going to have great routes to run. He's going to have – find ways to be a lot more open. I think it's going to be a lot more simplified. Like Marie says, he's got to thank Sean Payton for that because the coaches that Jerry Judy's had before – haven't been able to get it done. Right. Yeah, I think I like I want to go back to uh I think it was Anthony Price's question. Uh you think Tyreek Hill will hit two thousand before Jefferson? The only way I think that Tyreek Hill can get close to that is if Tua can stay healthy. That's a big if. Um I mean I mean, I don't know. Um that's the only way I think to get even not sure get in that range. But yeah, I don't think I don't think that's hard. That's hard. That getting two thousand yards receiving a year or per mm-hmm. year, but that's you can say that's like one hundred twenty per game. So you really got to be like on. You really got to be playing people like on Madden, on Madden difficulty, on rookie mode because that's like insane. Um, that's why I'm doing Dylan every every time I play him, right? <laughs> Where you have more losses against me. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, I think we're one in. We're, we're like three and, three and two, I think. No, we're four and two, buddy. We're four and two, buddy. But well, every continue. time I do, like you're at work. Continue, but come on. <laughs> Keep record, Billy. Let them know. Continue. No, but uh, for real, two. like, um, you, like, my point is, like, you, if for a receiver to get, like, that amount of yards per year, you have to, like, really, demons have to be really, really bad, like, but that's not the case. He, demons are stepping up. They're getting better. Miami uh, got uh, Jalen Ramsey. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of um, 
cornerback. I don't, I don't say backcourts, it's like that. But a lot of like cornerbacks, they've gotten better um, within the year. So yeah, that's definitely hard um, to to match. So I guess answer the anti price question. The only the only way he can get close to two thousand is if Tariq can stay healthy. Um, and he's like a couple of away from like and then wait, what did I say? You said Tariq stays healthy. Oh, well, I mean Tariq has to stay healthy I mean, too. Yes, yeah, no, no, well so. that too. But I'm yeah. saying like I, 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 I meant Tua. I meant Tua. If mm-hmm. he's like only a few cuts away from my ending his career, so also doesn't help that he has uh, Jalen Waddle there as well, who's That's a guy. Not, oh, I forgot about yeah, Waddle, who, who yeah. needs targets too. Mm-hmm. But um, get targets too. Yeah, good. And they like to run a little bit here, so I, I think it's gonna be tough for Tyreek Hill, but. I, I don't know. The records are meant to be broken. Eventually, somebody's going to cross that 2,000 threshold, and it'll be the big deal that it is, and then everybody's going to be wondering who's the, who's going to be the next one to do it. Yep. I'll say this before you go on. Last thing, if if I had to bet on any receiver to hit the 2,000-yard mark, I would put my money on Justin Jefferson, yeah. in part because of the way the roster is constructed. I think the defense is going to be bad, so they're going to have to throw their way back into games. And mm-hmm. he's, in my opinion, the best receiver in the league. So I'll just put it, I'm not going to bet on it, but if I had to, it would of any receiver, it would be him. Okay. I, I hope Matt Stafford is just like, at least like somewhat what he used to be because poor Cooper Cup. Like that's such a good talent not to have a good receiver throw into well, a good quarterback throw into him. Drop F in the chat for, for Cooper Cup, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean look, we, we started talking about the greatness of Justin Jefferson. Gotta balance it out a little bit. The Cardinals. Because I saw another prediction that somebody thinks the Cardinals could go 0-17 this year, which that's I mean, that's a special kind of futility. I can see them winning like just a couple a couple games, not like a lot. Um, I can see them beating Washington. We'll we'll see though. I don't know. On opening the opening game of the season. I can definitely see them make a run for the money with oh, Dallas. Boy. Cause yeah. uh, Pollard, said it's my have, team. Cause who know who who's the backup for Pollard? Is Pollard gonna be healthy for the start of the season? I, I think this McCoy, is more right? about Colt McCoy, like Hollywood Brown, and a defense that's rough. I can, I can, I can just, this see whole roster is rough. Yeah. Nah. I ain't gonna get dumped. Cause what if they win, man? So you owe me money, man. That's like. <laughs> I, I'd find it hard to believe with everything that's gone on in their offseason at the opening weekend of the season, they're going to turn up and beat Washington. The only I, thing I could say for, for week one is mm-hmm. there's always about three or four games week one that make absolutely no sense. Like you watch it and you're like, how, yeah. how did this happen? We had a great example of this past year where the Bengals look like garbage yeah. and the Steelers beat them. And we're like, wait, I thought Cincinnati was the hot pick for everyone. Why is Pittsburgh just dominating them? There's always going to be a couple of games. And again, Washington has going to have a new uh, new offensive coordinator, new Sam Howell, who's played like all of like one game or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. We're, and go, lots of right. time to prepare, yeah, lots of time yeah. to game plan. I could see it. I wouldn't bet money on it. But if they're going to win game, there's, there's two games that I could see them winning. One is Washington because of the week one weirdness. Oh, so and you agree with me, Jake? I, I could see it. I, would I bet on it? I don't know, but I, I could no. see it just because week one is so weird, okay. and we and Washington yeah. is going to have a lot of changes. This seat with new quarterback, new play caller, all that stuff is is a new coordinator. All that stuff is new, and it's going to be kind of hard for them to figure out. New owner, 
And then the other one I think everyone could agree on is week 11 at Houston. I could see them winning that game. Houston's not going to be a good team. I could see them inking out a win for that. But you look at the rest of the schedule, Giants, nope. Dallas, San Francisco, Cincinnati. The Rams uh, are going to be better. Uh, like, there's not a whole that, lot of that easy That Giants on game, that. I mean, Bar- depending on Barkley, Barkley's going to be their, their running back. I mean, that can be whoever. They, they got two. Daniel Jones to run the uh, run. He's going to run for 1,400 yards, man. <laughs> nah. See? No, I'm I'm more concerned about the Giants defense just completely shutting down the Cardinals offense and leaving the Cardinals with like something ridiculous, like four first downs in the game, because I'm really concerned about what Arizona is going to do in offense. Mm -hmm. And with how well that Giants team is going to be coached, I don't think they're going to score more than like 10 points. And that contract yet. Well, I don't think it matters if if Saquon's playing or not. I don't think it matters. Well, so I think this Arizona team is going to be historically bad. Oh and no! Probably gets one win. That's why I say they're going to win a few games, not all a lot of games. So I, I, mean, I see week one, week two, okay. if, if he's like 50, 50, 50s. Definitely Dallas. Maybe Dallas because uh, who's going to be the running back? Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, a free agent. <laughs> but you'd have them going like Dallas? three and zero to start the three season. Three and zero. I mean, they still. I mean, what? NFC West I, champions. I don't, I, I don't. I don't. I don't see him beating. I don't see him winning in week four, week five, week six, maybe week six with uh, with Stafford. Um, Seattle. What about week eight? I think they could. I think the Cardinals can oh, win week eight. Alert. What do you guys think? No, you think we, we can all agree three. No, at least did. the three of us we that they can eight. win week eight. Yeah. Now we destroy them. Okay. <laughs> I forgot. Jordan has the Ravens going seventeen out. No. They're, you know they're going to be going sixteen. Like Cardinals will be sixteen and one because they're they are going to lose week eight. I feel, I feel, yeah, they're, I feel like they're guy. going to be like five and sixteen. Yeah, five and twelve or five and twelve. Yeah, yeah five and sixteen. Yeah. I was like, whoa. I was yeah, like, five, five and twelve. Five and 12 yeah. That's, that's like twenty one games. That's too much. What well, What do you think, Dylan? What What are your prediction on their their record? Uh, so I I do agree in a sense that week no ones way. are always weird. Um, I don't. I wouldn't favor. Arizona, but you know, them winning would kind of just be like, you know, okay, like whatever, let's actually get the league started next week when they would lose by like 30 to the Giants. And you'd be like, there we go. That's what we were expecting. That's kind of what I would be predicting. Um, I do see the games against the Rams being very, very close um, just because we don't know what this Rams team is going to be like. So them winning one or splitting a series, you know, winning at their home or something like that could be very probable. Um, I do think they have a very rough stretch, especially with San Francisco. Um, we don't know how Chicago is going to do. They could, po- I, I, I favor Chicago. I, they could be possibly buying, like vying for a playoff spot. Um, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Seattle, all those teams could be potential playoff teams, which would be a very scary stretch. So overall, I do think Atlanta's an iffy game. Houston's an iffy game. I think five, five wins is good for them. Five wins is like, peak for them maybe six six oh. wins would be peak for them if, if they win five games that whoever the, the name of the head coach is lefty it's going to win coach of the year if they win five games yeah. with this roster. Yeah. if they win five games that's peak that's like, peak that's best season that's best, best season case possible. scenario like, throw, best throw, season throw, throw a parade and yeah. Murray's coming coming back half, half through the season so that can see that's why that's why i said like them winning week 12 that's not too crazy you know if they beat like houston that's not too crazy you know but like 
Kyler Murray throwing to Rondell Moore and Marquise Brown against San Francisco ain't going to matter. That's you know, they could possibly beat Chicago, you know, just have kind of a late win, which maybe shock some people. I know what I meant in the chat five and 12, man. The other thing, <laughs> the other thing that we want to consider too, and I will say when I made when I went through here, uh, I skimmed over Atlanta. I could totally see uh, Arizona beating Atlanta, mm-hmm. and it's not just my bias as a hater of the Atlanta Falcons. One thing to take into consideration okay. is if they're getting to Week Eleven, Week Twelve, do you have to be thinking? Are they just going to start tanking for Caleb Williams? At, at what point True. are they going to be like, you know what, this whole experiment has gone bad. We've cleaned house, new coach all that let's just get the surefire prospect uh, and draft him and make sure we get the guy that we that can be the new face of the franchise and just lose and no one's going to fire the coach no one's going to throw a big fit over them losing games because they're a bad team they're not building their team to suck they just already suck so i would say i would say three wins is their limit week one you never know and then atlanta and houston that's kind of it Maybe a San Francisco because they've always played him chippy. But again, it's a new coach. We we don't know how good he's going to be. I just I think this team is going to be really really bad uh, until probably week what twelve is probably when he's coming back at the earliest week twelve, and then we don't know how well he's going to be. We just mm-hmm. we just don't know. Yeah, and and is he going to is he going to is is Kyler Murray going to stick to a good rehab? We don't know where his mind's at. There's so many questions about his character. Oh, like, this I whole should. thing. He's, I guess he's already been like squatting some weights and stuff like okay. that. So if, if he already has, like, good. That's, that's a pretty good recovery. That's a good. That's a really good sign. I'm all for it. But I just think this team is bad. This team is just going to be yeah. really, really bad. And three wins. If, if Vegas, the over under is probably going to be like three and a half. Would be my guess. Yeah. Like they're just going to set it pretty low. Mm-hmm. Like it would be, it would be, it would be pretty cool to like see Kyler Murray, like you know, play against like San Francisco Week 15 and just like absolutely go crazy and like it'd be like rest assured, like this is the Cardinals quarterback or something like that. I mean, but, do you, uh, mm-hmm. I mean uh, like, do y'all think Houston will beat Cardinals? Like, that's gonna be a rookie. Uh, see, that that's what we're talking about. It's an empty game, you know. It, it what is it? Is it at Houston? It's at Houston. It's in so, Houston. Uh, I don't know. Depending on how CJ Stroud's doing, if you see if CJ Stroud, Damian Pierce, I don't know. Oof. I would let, I mean, it just depends. This Arizona team is just bad outside of Buda Baker. So Oh, they got Hollywood Brown, so they can have him. Look at these on on that team. He's only like best receiver. You on made that Hollywood team. Brown bad. Huh? You made Hollywood Brown bad. Hey, well, he, he he went to a situation <laughs> where now he's no I mean, he left a guy who couldn't throw and went to a guy he thought he could throw Colin. to. He's better than Colin Murray, man. I know, Jordan. I know. I'll, I'll just say he this. I just I, I just <laughs> looked up the uh, the betting odds. The, okay. I was off by a game. The Cardinals betting over-under is right now is four and a half games. That's what four Vegas has for their, their over-under. So, I mean, I'm in that range of five, four. four I take under. Five. I take under. So, in the chat, y'all comment. Damn. If I, but then I, again, I'm not sure if I could take under care. or over four. I'm not sure if I could take under or over four. I'd want a place right at four. Yeah, it's gonna be I don't gamble, but tough. I would do I do tough. the under. I mean, you know, Gene threw out there, you know, the Atlanta. I think he said one of the uh Seattle games or one of the Rams games. Only because the vision, you never know. The NFC West is weird like that. Seattle, well, Seattle will beat Arizona comfortably. We'll lose to the Rams. We'll lose to the Rams and like lose both of our games to like the 49ers. And that will be our season. Yeah. I mean, and you know, just knowing the way Arizona is, for all you know, they might have 
like four wins going to that final week. Seattle might take a little break because they may maybe they have a playoff spot. Cardinals sneak out a win. A bunch of people in Vegas groan because they hit we're the fighting over. For a, we're fighting for a six seed, bro. We better be playing. <laughs> I I mean, it's going to be tough for them. I, I don't see more than five wins. So, you know, good luck to, good luck to Cardinals the, fans. What was their record last year? Did they go win four games last year? Um, that's a good question. I, I think they won four games. They had picks three, so yeah, it have been around three, four games. So you have to ask yourself this. If they won four games last year, their schedule isn't very favorable. How mm-hmm. much have they improved? Like, have they made a whole lot of improvements on the roster compared to where they were last year? I don't I don't really see it. Maybe the head coach, but I mean, you can make any improvement off yeah, of the head coach. It's not, not like a big movement there. any big like rumblings they did in this offseason that nope. wasn't uh, Paris Johnson? Nope. You know, Kyler Murray goes out, like Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray saying, I want Paris Johnson and the Cardinals doing that. Like, that's the only thing that's really happened. Yeah. So that, that's all I see out of that. Like, keep that in mind. Like, this team won four games last year, and they really didn't get any better. They got a new coach. But we don't know if he's going to be any, what he's going to do and how good they're going to be. Fair, not a lot of people thought that coaching hire was the smartest either. Correct, correct. Well, I mean, they had to hire somebody. Uh, I mean, from you looking had other at the options chat, out there. That's true. Why is the well, enemy an assistant? <clears throat> well, it kind of seems like people were kind of running away from the Arizona job, and I would too. Maybe they just offered it to somebody who actually was mildly interested. In coaching okay. there. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the cat. I'll take the salary. Sure. Why not? Get fired yeah. and go back to being a coordinator. Well, Gene said a color might come. I don't know if he's trolling. He's at three or four. Come back three or four. It's, I think it's probably possible. I mean, if he wants, the Cardinals probably won't tell him no if like he gets cleared by a doctor. Yeah. Uh, Dustin... you know, if, they, if they do win like one or two games, like we said, like. We did, if he does win two, one or two games, like we said, and wants to come back week four or five, you know, I don't imagine the Cardinals will say no. They'll be like, we're two and two, let's go. One. Oh, interesting. Hmm. We better I mean, not hey, be ready for week one. We better make Kyle sure that Murray's ACL back for is week one, intact. I mean, he, that would he, show he, a he, level I'm, of dedication. Well, he tore the ACL, I, right? I, I, I would, that would, that would, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure that would really change a lot in people's eyes because the roster isn't super great. But I mean, it would have to up their win total a little bit more, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like at least in the eyes of people. Then you could see five wins. Then you could see like that five, six, because there's going to be games where he's bad, but there's also going to be games where he pulls something out of nowhere. And you just have to look like, no offense to Colt McCoy, but like no one's wanting to sign Colt McCoy even as a backup, really, besides Arizona. So there's, you have to at least, he's worth at least one win over Mm. what Colt McCoy is going to give you. They better be hitting that wide receiver trade market as soon as possible. If Kyler Murray's ready week one, they find him right. another guy. Yep, yep, I agree. Because you're right. Because all they're going to do is lose Hopkins. We haven't heard them connected to any wide receivers in they terms said, of rumors. They said, or like they said, Denver, what you want for Cortland Sutton? Like, bring him here. Do something. All right. Well, I mean, that's something we'll definitely keep an eye on throughout the year. How how the Cardinals are doing. And if Kyler Murray's back week one, I mean, I would be surprised, but I, I do agree with you, Dylan. That would definitely up their chances of wins. I don't know if they'll actually win more games, yeah. but at least they'll be more competitive that way. Uh, okay, one last thing before we go to NBA, Dustin said. 
Who's Murray throwing to? Hopkins bailed them out a ton. Marquise Brown isn't Hopkins either. Is uh, Rondell Moore? This team is screwed offensively. Frank Dorch. That's who they're throwing to. I mean, uh, yeah, nobody. Right. Oh. So they even drafted anybody. Hey, that's you got to play the game. Oh, they drafted Michael Wilson out of Stanford, but I mean, like, okay. Doesn't move the needle for me because I didn't even know who that was until you said that they drafted him. See? All right. Uh, all right. So let's go. He's not even going to be back either for a little bit because he's injured. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's just, I mean, you're just, just making it more doom and gloom for them, Dylan. All right, Connor, can he catch? He might have to add that to the repertoire. All right, so now let's go NBA. You know, talked enough about the Cardinals and how bad they're going to be. Go birds. <laughs> so the NBA, you know, we, we saw a couple of trades go down before this past week. And then this past week, we had the deal with uh, Washington, Memphis, and Boston. You know, Marcus Smart going to Memphis. Porzingis going to Boston. Tyus Jones, who is kind of a part of it that doesn't get talked about a lot, is going to Washington. So looking at this deal, uh, I guess, how surprised were you on a scale of 1 to 10? But more importantly, do you think either of the teams is a clear-cut winner, or do you think this is a trade where everybody kind of is a winner? And we can start. Oh, go ahead. Who's that, Dylan? Oh, I was yeah. just going to say, I feel like this is a trade where everybody's a loser. Okay. I I mean, people might favor Kristaps Porzingis being on the Celtics, and – I think when you're looking at trades that were going to happen, Malcolm Brogdon would make this a very favorable trade for the Celtics. Mm -hmm. But trading Marcus Smart, someone who has been a defensive player of the year candidate, someone who's kind of the heart and soul of that Celtics defense for sure, but just overall just someone who's been with that roster for a while, someone who's been with that team, someone who's been with that community. And just even from the sounds of it, he was very heartbroken as well. Mm -hmm. Um, He didn't want to leave. He didn't expect it. And, I don't know. I know some fans, other fans outside of you that is a Celtics fan, and they, they kind of feel a little sour about it. You know, Kristaps Porzingis has had his injury history. He hasn't really been super great on a, at least like a championship winning team. He hasn't been on any championship winning teams, that is. And it's just like, how are you 100% sure he's going to set the bar more than what Marcus Smart already has? And I think on the Wizards end, whatever Tyus Jones is cool you're not gonna win with him he's just a cat filler like okay you know you didn't really get a lot of picks cool and then on the Grizzlies end I guess you call the Grizzlies the winner here I guess maybe like they're the only great side you don't really have to give up a lot for Marcus Smart I mean losing Tyus Jones kind of sucks in a sense where if he's was that lead point guard you know even when Ja was suspended and then you know going into this season you know he's kind of looked as that lead point guard Marcus Smart being there, I'm not sure how well he's going to play the point, but, I mean, they'll make it work. They'll make Desmond Bain play it if they have to. So, I mean, I don't think really any side won a lot, but overall it would have to be the the, the Grizzlies that did. Okay. Uh, Jake, you can go. Sure. Uh, this was – first of all, I was really surprised. I was surprised yeah. that Boston had interest in Przingis. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem to be the typical player that Boston would want to go after – they really seem to want, at least with what we had seen before. Now, granted, they've changed their philosophy with the new head coach. Didn't really seem to fit it. They want guys that are tough, a good defense historically. 
But with with Joe uh, Missoula as a coach, they do want guys that could shoot the three. Uh, I think this is a good move for Boston simply because this this Boston team has been around this, the their core players have been around for a long time together. And outside of just one year, they've made it, I think, basically every year to the conference finals or further outside of, I think, one or two years they lost in the first round. Like at some point when you get so close to the championship and you keep falling short, keep falling short, you have to make a change. You you can't just keep running it back over and over and over again, expecting things to change because it's just it's not going to happen. It doesn't work. We historically don't see teams that have these long runs of over like seven, six or seven years suddenly then break through and win a championship. They have to make a trade. And uh, I don't love the Marcus Smart left if I'm a Boston fan because he, like Dylan said, he's a heart and soul of the team. He won Defensive Player of the Year the last full season. Mm-hmm. But it kind of was a ha- made sense that he was the one to go. His play style means he's not going to age very gracefully because he's so physical. He plays through injuries. He takes a ton of charges. So he's not going to be a long-lasting player. And I think Boston wanted... Jason Tatum to be the voice and the leader in that locker room. They said, okay, we're going to make sure this is your team. You're the spokesperson. You're the raw, raw guy. Obviously he's the biggest guy with the fans. And I just think this was a good move because if you look at what Boston needed, they needed some size because they're not the biggest team and you can't count on Al Horford to have another good year. He's I think 37 years old by the time next season starts. Like that, that's too old. That's just too old. You can't expect him to put 35 minutes in a playoff series. He shot great in the, like, look what he did in the playoffs. Regular season, he was one of the top three point shooters. Mm-hmm. Playoffs, it just completely fell off a cliff. And we can't, that has to be kind of the norm for what we're going to see from him. Chris Epps Przingis does have an injury history, but if you look at what he did in Washington, played in 65 games. That's, I think that was a career high since his rookie year. Uh, put up 23 mm-hmm. points, eight rebounds, shot almost 40% from three. I think that's a good move. It's a good signing. They didn't get a ton. They didn't have to lose a ton to get a player. The big thing that helped Boston is they didn't uh, extend Chris Tapps immediately to like some four year, $150 million deal. deal. Right, they, they were going. They would cap him in and make him impossible to move. That that mm-hmm. would have made the trade. That would have made him definitely a loser. I think Marcus Smart is going to fit really well in Memphis because Memphis is this grit and grind team, and he's going to fit in. The fans are going to fall in love with him immediately. And the Wizards won because they're doing the smart thing for once, like the first time they've ever done like a smart move as a franchise, and just tearing everything down. Tyus Jones is a great player, and my guess is that he's going to be traded at the trade day trade deadline next season to a contending team to get draft picks or other young uh, pieces to build around because there's so many good there's so many people that need a good backup point guard and I'm pretty sure he's on the last year of his deal Mm -hmm. and that's probably why Memphis wanted to get rid of or traded him as I didn't think they could bring him back so I think it's actually kind of a win for everybody but I was definitely surprised that the whole thing went down okay Jordan what are your thoughts Um, so I'm gonna like channel like a little bit of Dylan and Shane because I think that there was no like clear. Well, let me break it down because like, I know like Brogdon was in the trade, and then they they backed out because of injury history. Um, and I was confused. Why, I mean, I guess other than Marcus Smart or Brogdon, like you know, they had the most value. Other than because I know I know Tatum and Brown. I'm, I'm thinking outside of Brown and Tatum, Brogdon and Smart had the most value on trade value. So I, I was confused why they were going to let go of Brogdon in the first case because he was like the sixth man. He gave you that push off the bench 
when like you know Smart went to the bench, or whatever. Um, but there was no clear cut like winner. But I think the winner, like by some margin, will have to be the Grizzlies because, like Jake said, the Grizzlies get a veteran voice. Where a couple months ago we were saying, oh, other than Stephen Adams, they don't have a veteran on that team. Um, and great he was point. Hurt. Great point. Um, so now that Marcus Smart gives you that, since when since until Ja comes back, you have because I don't think Ja he needs to kick, take care of himself in order to be a, the voice of the team. Um, so I think that Mark Ja can kind of learn from Marcus Smart in terms of being a leader. Um, so I think that, but I think Dustin Reese said in the in the chat. I mean, maybe Boston can win this trade if Przingis can live up to what people want him to be. I, I get what the Celtics did. I know they they need like a big man who can shoot because Robert Williams can't really shoot. He can only defend and you know grab boards. Uh, Al Horford is he can shoot, but he's kind of inconsistent. So they they need that. Then Przingis is, is I think can give you that lift off the for shooting. Um, and I, I mean, I like Tyus Jones. I mean, I, but I don't think he's not going to win anything in, in, in Washington. So I do agree with Jake that he uh, he he will be tra- at, at the deadline. But I think if someone were to ask me who won this trade, I would say Grizzlies because they get you know Marcus Smart. He does everything. He defends. He plays well. He takes charges, like Jake said. He does the hustle plays. Um, and I think Taylor Jenkins will kind of like you know either he, that's a perfect coach for him to you know not not a coach he has a good a bad temperament a very calm cool collected coach but obviously in the locker room he, he like he might you know light, light that fire under under Marcus Smart even more um, so there's still I mean I, I mean Marcus Smart and Desmond Bain and that I mean, that's a pretty good like front back backcourt for right now until Jog is back um, Bain like. He was the only level like we like we said on, on the podcast like other than Adams and Devin Bain. Devin Bain was the most level-headed person like that wasn't really getting to any drama. So um, just having those two in the locker room, I mean, I think that can uplift that team. And I don't, I mean, like like Jake said, I think Celtics kind of like told Brown or Tatum that they are the the leader of the locker room, and they didn't think that Marcus Smart, you know. Maybe his time was with Boston was was over, and but that was the only piece that they could trade like that was that that could add value. So at the end of the day, I think Grizzlies won the trade because um, of Marcus Smart. Boston's gonna miss like Marcus Smart's like toughness. I think that and like what he meant for that city and when he went from Boston, like and that takes a lot for me to say because I used to hate. Marcus Smart, because I used to be, I thought he used to be a dirty player, but I kind of get, I kind of have gained some respect for him. And in terms of like what he, just like Draymond Green, like I, like I used to hate him, but now I, I know like he could be like a glue to a, a glue to a team that can like help everyone, you know, gel. So um, it yeah. took a lot for me to say that, but Marcus Smart is, I mean, you're gonna miss like the toughness and like the heart of uh, of what he brings to the table. So, and that's what. Memphis is getting it in him, so uh, I wish all the luck for Boston. I mean, but I think Dustin said that um they might bring in Fred Van Fleet for for because like Dustin said that there's no way they trade Marcus Smart without a backup plan. So I think there's a backup plan involved, a plan B, um to fill that role. But you you can't you can't replace what Marcus Smart has done for Boston. That's kind of like doing charges and you know you know getting the getting the fire under the opponent's skin, you know. 
I'll just say this. That's a great point you made, Jordan, that, that Marcus was the uh, can, it'll be the adult in Memphis. He's going to be the adult in the locker room and and make a lot of changes for sure. I, I'm really curious on what Kyle thinks for this. This is his team, and I'm sure he has a lot to think about and say about uh, about this whole trade. Speak your mind, Kyle. I, well, I, I'm, okay. So for me, it's uh, – well, I guess to go with Dustin first – is Fred Van Vliet the plan? I don't see how they fit him in money wise. Can't say I would necessarily Derek White was want great them to them. target him. And Derek that's kind of where I was going to go. Yeah. Derek White is basically the reason why Brogdon was going to be sent out because Derek White proved in the playoffs that he was a guy who could run the point. He became a better scorer this year as opposed to his first year in Boston. And, you know, he's a guy that they definitely wanted to keep around for the next few years. So they tried Brogdon. It didn't work. And then once Brogdon fell through, Porzingis, remember, had the midnight deadline before he had to opt in or opt out. And once he opted out, the Celtics couldn't get him anyway. So turning to smart was the you know backup plan because, like you said, Jordan, outside of Brogdon, who else would you be able to trade that could get you Porzingis back? So I think, you know, it is going to be tough not seeing Smart in Boston, but I see the purpose of the trade. I felt like this season, the way that they lost to Miami, you know, going down 3-0, winning the next three, getting to a game six, then you get to game seven, you know, Tatum twists his ankle, first play of the game, and the team completely sunk there was no way they're going to bring back that squad they 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 had kind of got as far as they could they made the finals the year before lost to golden state you know there was a lot of eyes on this team to see if they could get back there they couldn't so some change had to be made unfortunately you know it was marcus smart a guy who'd been there what nine seasons he was the longest uh tenured celtics player so obviously he had the biggest connection with the fans but he was also very polarizing to Celtics fans. You know, I, I know that you see like on Twitter and stuff, a lot of Celtics fans are sitting there like upset about trading him. A lot of those people were the same ones during the season saying, get rid of the guy when yeah. he'd go one for seven from three or something like that. So it, it's going to be rough. You know, the first game he's back when Memphis visits Boston, I'm sure it's going to be emotional. They'll have the video tribute and everything, oh, but yeah. who cry. You know, yeah, I mean he'll he'll Talk definitely like cry. a little green yeah. patch in his hair or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be rad if he did that. Like one little spot. Yeah. So cool. I mean he he's still doing like his camp and stuff in Boston because he still has the connection there. But I mean, Porzingis fills a need because now he takes burden off of Horford. Because like you said, Jake, Horford shot really well from three in the regular season. The minutes got to him in the playoffs, and as the playoffs went on, his shot was coming up short, and you didn't get the same guy. So now, if you can limit Horford to like 15 minutes or so, I think you get a better Horford. Robert Williams doesn't have a low post game to to speak of right now, so at least with Przingis, he can kind of help you that aspect a little bit. What the three-point shot is definitely the biggest get for him. So I'm fine with the trade. I think Memphis got what they wanted, an adult veteran, an actual leader. 
Celtics got a big who can fill out their depth, kind of even out the roster a little bit more. And then for Washington, like we all have established, they're just ripping the Band-Aid off, tearing it down, and starting new, which is what they're supposed to do. So I think, you know, all parties involved feel okay with what happened. You make a great point there, Kyle, real quick about the mm-hmm. the low post game. Boston had like basically no low post game. Sometimes it was Marcus Smart was their best low post player, and he's mm-hmm. their guard. Chris Depps Porzingis is a great guy you could throw the ball to if you need to get some points in the paint. And so that way Boston isn't just saying, okay, we're going to pass around the perimeter until someone chucks a three. This gives them a little bit more variety, a little bit more flexibility and malleability for their team. A the big thing for me is just his health. Can he mm-hmm. stay healthy? And also he's a good rib protector too. Like when he's on the court, he's not a great defender, but because of his size, he can't protect the rim. Yeah. And that's something else that they needed. Yeah. Um, I mean, cool said fickle fandom. Trust me. Cool. I used to go back and forth with a bunch of Celtics fans who, <laughs> one, who one day would be like, Oh my God, Marcus Smart's the greatest. And the next day is why is he playing it? I was a Marcus something Smart fan. So, different. You know, it was always defending him, but yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I like Marcus Smart. He went to Oklahoma State, so yeah. I mean, a lot of people doubted him when he got drafted, and he carved out a role for himself. So, did you see, did you um, see that uh, that comparison to him and Tony Allen, both out of Oklahoma? That State, is wild. Drafted yes. by the Celtics and then traded to the Grizzlies at the same age of twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's wild. That's crazy. All right, let's go to the next topic. All right, Jordan, here you go. You, you wanted Dame Willard. You got Dame Willard. So Dame Willard Lakers. Has, has, you know, people around him saying he wants to go. He won't say anything. Portland's like, oh, we'll entertain it. Oh, we won't. And, okay, we're, we're not going down that hey, road. Hey, I'm just saying anything. <laughs> You put up the LA, so you didn't have to say it. He said Malik Beasley's a good enough trade piece. Oh my god! <laughs> so there's thought that Portland would trade the number three pick to appease Damian Lillard because reportedly he didn't want to go through a rebuild. They said Portland said, "Forget that. We're going to take Scoot Henderson." So now the question is, what does Portland do? What does Dame Lillard do? Since it seems like Lillard's never going to like publicly request a trade. I guess, although he'll sit on Instagram live and play Miami in the background and then talk about, oh, that's just coincidence. Okay. And then for Portland, it's, you know, he's a guy who's like, we just talked about Marcus Smart. Dame Lillard is a part of that Portland community. You know, he's loved by the fans. It's always going to be tough to part with a guy like that. So if you are Portland, what do you do today? Now that you know, yes, Scoot Henderson, who, as a three-pick, has to be part of your future, but you have the Lillard factor as a fan favorite. I'll start with Jordan, since you were so eager to talk about this. Actually, I want to go, I want to see what, because I said what I had to say on Monday Night Show, I'll kind of like, okay. I want to say what Jake has to say. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll do this two ways. I'll do what I think will happen, or what, what I would do if I was the GM. If okay. I was the GM for Portland, I would trade him. This, this roster is not good it is not set up for them to win and they're not also set up for them currently to rebuild it's they're stuck in the worst place you could possibly be with an aging superstar and a young core of other players that aren't quite ready to go 
so you have to trade them. I think there's a trade package for Miami where they get some good young players, a couple of draft picks, and Portland goes to Miami, and all parties are happy, and Portland can fully go on in the rebuild, and Dan can go try and get a ring, and that Miami team all of a sudden is super scary down there with, with Jimmy Butler and Bam. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I really just I don't think we're going to see this trade happen. I wanted to see it happen. I want Dame to try and win, to see him try and win. Look, I grew up outside of Portland, Oregon. A bunch of my fans are Blazer fans. And even they who love Dame, they're like, we just we just want to get this done. We want to get this done. Like people have said in the chat, they're tired of seeing this all the time. We know that he wants to win. He's not going to say he doesn't want the public backlash. But I think a trade should happen. And I think Miami would be a great fit for, uh, for, for Portland to get some good assets back. I think Tyler Hero would have to be in that package. Uh, it, it's just time to move on. You have to rebuild. We mentioned in our pre-chat that Dame wanted... Uh, who was it? Draymond Green and was it Jeremy Grant was who we wanted to trade the third pick. Like if you have those two players with this roster, what is your ceiling? An eighth seed, seventh seed in the West? The West is going to be really good next year. That roster isn't going to be competing very much. And Draymond's not leaving the Warriors with all this Jordan Poole CP3 stuff. He's not going there. So he has to go. But if I were to place to bet money, I think they're just going to keep with it. Dame is the best player in the history of the Portland Trailblazers organization. I know Bill Walton is really old and won MVP and won a championship and all that. But Dame is like, he's he's the guy for Portland. He's their best player. And they don't want to trade him, but they should. I just don't think it's going to happen. All right. Dylan, you can go ahead. Yeah. I mean, obviously their best like future would be to trade him. But I agree in Jake's like point with Jake's point. I mean, I don't think they will. I mean, I feel like if something was going to happen, regardless, it would have happened. It would have happened last year. It would have happened at any point in time. I mean, his, his draft, his trade value is maybe the highest that it's been and will be. And you feel like trading him before the draft might've been the smart thing to do. I get you get scoop. Maybe you didn't like any of the other prospects, but even still, I feel like trading him now or even sooner would just be like the best case scenario. And it feels like you're waiting for no reason other than just to keep him just to be like, Hey, we have you on contract. We think this is going to work. Like we're trying, like maybe they will sign resign Jeremy Grant, but that won't do anything. I don't think they'll sign Draymond either. They might sign some other veterans or something, but it's not going to change anything that this team will maybe be a play in at best. Um, if you want to have a better future, it would be to trade Dame. I think it'd be better for both sides to trade Dame. Um, for him and for the organization. But I just feel like it's something that we're just going to wait and that won't happen. You know, they might trade for someone at like the trade deadline or next mm-hmm. season and be like, oh, here it is. And it's just be too late still. Mo has a really good question. Yes. Is he the best player in Blazers history? I think so. You have to look at this and, and I'll just cut in real quick because again, I grew up just outside of Portland. Mm-hmm. There's three players that come to mind when you think of the greatest Blazers in the history. It's it's Dame, it's Bill Walton, and it's Clyde Drexler. Those are the those are the three dudes you have to think of. Uh, he's better than Clyde Drexler. I know Clyde got to two finals, and we can't just o- gloss over that. But I think Dame's ability, his clutchness, and his just his game is better. Bill Walton, he won them their only championship. He won MVP, but his career was so short because he had that nasty foot injury that pretty much derailed the rest of his career. He went mm-hmm. on to be really successful 
but it was in Boston and it was off of the bench where he won six men of the year, won a couple of championships, but that was with Boston where he was very limited in what they were asking for him to do. I think if you look at a whole totality for the career while in the Blazers uniform, it has to be Dame when you consider the points, the the playoff success that he has had, the just the moments that he's had, the 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 waving goodbye to, to uh, Paul George when he hit that three pointer in his face, like those moments like that, he has to be considered the best because Clyde Drexler won championships, but it was in Houston, and Bill Walton's career was just too short. If he didn't get hurt, it would have been Bill, but his career just was too short for him to be considered, I think, the greatest. Yeah, no, there's yeah. not much I'm going to say on that. Yeah, perfectly said. Uh, Mo yeah. said better shooter than Drexler. He's not a basketball player. Clyde took two teams to the finals as best player. Dame made one conference finals. I mean, that that's fair. But also you have to look at that Portland. Those Portland teams were pretty good. They had a lot of good talent around them. And these Portland teams have not had, like, who's Dame's best player he's played with? Is it C.J. McCollum? Yeah. Or LaMarcus yeah. Aldridge. Yeah, Aldridge. Yeah, there was there was Aldridge. There was there was Aldridge, but that they didn't work stylistically. Well, no, no, and Aldridge, Aldridge wanted out of Portland by that yeah. point. He 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 quit on the team. That that's a good point. Aldridge wanted out by the time Dame really came like, uh, to being Dame. There was like well, there was like Andre Miller. There was like Brennan Roy. There was a lot, lot of one, people I forgot. Roy was before Lillard. Oh Dame yeah, might, yeah. Well, what I'm saying like I think oh, you're talking about, is like Blazer wise. Oh, I got you. I got you. I yeah, forgot I mean, about Brandon, Brandon Roy. Probably would have been. He would Roy, have. But, he absolutely yeah. would have if his knees, if he had actual knees, he would yeah. have. And the be best player on and Portland probably be Greg Oden. Come on, he was. A, <laughs> I mean, Bafo, like he could like the way his knees just gave out, man. But um, I guess the answer to your Maurice question first, I think the Dame has probably or didn't that um that shooter that like tragically died was he on Portland? Um, that he was, he got traded. I think who you're he, talking about, like Pat How long? Petrovich. Petrovich, he could have been that the best player, but he had tragically, well, yeah. I mean, but by the time he died, he was with the Nets, and, and oh, yeah. he didn't stick around long enough with, with the Blazers. Well, yeah, because the Portland kind of used him wrong. Um, they use him as like a as like it's a standstill shooter, but at Nets, he was a more he played more freer on the Nets. Yep. Um, but I mean, I, I guess Dame, yeah, Dame would be like the like the greatest Portland Blazer of all. I mean, uh, of that of that team because I think that you know he's like Dick said he's the most clutch scorer. Um, didn't he? Ha- didn't he have like seventy points that game? Like, was it the last game of the season? I think or second to last game of the season. Uh, I watched that game on NBA League Pass. He was he wasn't dude wasn't missing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just like. I don't want to feel bad for the guy, but I mean, obviously he's put himself in that situation to stay that long in Portland, but I'm saying I do kind of feel bad for him at the same time because, like, I feel like he is an elite player on this a trash team. But, no, he did have, like, CJ McCollum. <laughs> he did have some CJ McCollum. never made an all-star game, though. CJ still, never made I mean, an all-star game. He still, was, he still was a shooter, you know. He was still was a yeah. shooter. He and, and, when he, and when he got traded to New Orleans, is anyone talking about CJ as a good player? Yeah. Not really. Like, not that, really. That, no, that's no, what no. I want to say. That, like, like, that's, he had a little we, bit of hope. We talked about this yesterday, and it was brought up that, like, games kind of played with decent teams, and it's like, not really. Like, if you look at teams that are even winning championships today, like, 
I give credit to the Nuggets, but like Michael Porter Jr. has is still a great player. Jamal Murray was a top pick. Like these, their picks hits, and it's not like to fault to the Trailblazers. They tried to draft high, and it sometimes just hasn't worked. Anthony mm-hmm. Simons hasn't been super great. He's had flashes, but he hasn't definitely been a great person, like a great player. Yusuf Nurkic has been a decent signing, but he's always had his injury history. So it's not like the team's tried. They've just had bad luck but it's not like he's played with anything too great because at the end of the day i'm sorry i'll take almost any one of these recent championship teams over damian lillard cj mccollum yusuf nurkic nurkic yeah. is his contract is terrible he's not a good rim like four or five years ago it was like okay nurk these guys maybe but like that quickly dispelled it to being one of the worst contracts mm-hmm. in yeah. all of basketball was, uh, was yusuf nurkic right but like to answer like the question though i think that the only like the team that is really like in the the running for him is probably the Heat, as we all know. Um, I, I saw the Heat are kind of like waiting to see what Dame's decision is going to be. Um, I, th- I feel like everyone in the whole league is on notice about like what his decision is. Is he going to stay in Portland this year? Is he going to be traded to, to, to the Miami Heat? Um, I'm just tired of the, the Dame going back and forth. Uh, I want to stay on the team. Uh, then before the draft, it's like, oh, it's Scoot Henderson is drafted. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. Uh, and then it's like it's like pick man like but I get because I, I I made a post like about this like and I posted it in one of the sports groups and they were like oh like you're gonna feel bad for because like the family like was best for him and I get that that's any player like you know that wants to move and that's good for their family and they say oh Paul, I, I I heard but he's gonna say in Portland because Portland's a beautiful city good food I'm like yeah but not a good team <laughs> like um. I mean, I, but I, I did hear. I did hear Portland is a pretty good city. Like a lot of green, a lot of grass, yeah. sunshine, and good food, good area, good vibes. Um, Portland's but, a beautiful, beautiful city. Yeah, it's just like the situation. I mean, I think that like people thought when they brought in Chauncey Billups as a coach, it was like they were going to be turned around and they were going to attract more stars to that team. Maybe, um, but like we say, Jermon Grant, he's a free agent, but apparently he's ready to go back to the to Portland. That's what I've been hearing. Um, but and I think the only team that makes sense is Miami Heat. Um, maybe there's a sleeper team that can get them. Um, but the Nets. Or the Knicks. The Nets. Screw the Knicks. The Nets. Uh, but I'm saying the Knicks and Nets can be in probably a running for him. Um, I don't see the Knicks. They, they don't need What are you getting from the Knicks for? They got Sir Brunson. Yeah. I'd take Dame over Brunson, man. Well, sure. I mean, he, yeah. Dame's a better player, but they're not going to make that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not going to give up assets for a guard, for a small guard that likes to shoot the ball because they already RJ, have, RJ, already RJ, have Barrett, that. RJ Barrett and Randall? I'd hang up. I don't want Randall. Please. No, but RJ Barrett. Yeah, well, you ain't rebuilding with Randall, bro. Nope, yeah. you're not. RJ Barrett and Scoot Henderson? You're not. No, this this thing needs to team. end. And, and this, this whole thing with Dame, it's haven't been a good roster. They historically have not had a great roster, not great draft picks. And the past few picks that they've made have been really great. Like Shaden Sharp was a great pick, mm-hmm. but he's just too young. This this whole it just doesn't match with with Dame's salary, the youth, the players that they have on the youth, and the other moves they've made. It just mm-hmm. hasn't it just hasn't worked. You also have to go back to the 2016 free agency. Uh, Portland had, gave out a couple of really bad, big contracts. We had that huge spike in the salary cap, and that also did a lot of damage for what the trailblazers could do uh, moving forward. It, it, it's a shame. I appreciate the loyalty, but at this point, like people have said in the chat, if Portland wants to be better in the future, they have to, they just need to move on. They can get some trade picks. 
some draft picks, get some other assets in the trade and, and move forward. And then hopefully go somewhere he can, can compete. Cause we want to see Dame on the big stage. Dame in the playoffs is super fun. Like I said before, when he waved goodbye to Paul George and that game seven, like he's built for the moment. He has no fear. Mm -hmm. He has ice in his veins. He wants that. And we just haven't been able to see it because Portland mm -hmm. has just been a trash roster for what three, three, four years. Not good head coaching hires. Like it's just, it's just a shame. Yeah, I mean, if I'm Portland, I don't even wait for Dame to make a decision. I'm moving him. If he, you know, wants to spin it like we surprise you, or whatever, fine. We'll go forward with Scoot Henderson. You know, if we change you to Miami, we're getting Tyler Hero back, plus some other assets, and we just move on because I, I think if you, you know. Paid attention to like Miami making the finals this year. You wouldn't say that Miami roster was great. No, they they have a you know a really good number one guy in Butler who you know when playoffs come around he kind of turns his level up. When I look at Dame, I see a really good player who I don't think affects winning necessarily to the point where you would win a title with him as your lead guy. One, it's kind of tough to do that in the NBA as a smaller guard. There's only been a few of them. I mean, you know, Isaiah Thomas did back in the day with those Pistons teams. He was kind of the, the number one option, but, you know, that was a pretty good roster around him. Steph with the Warriors, maybe, but Steph's had some pretty good teammates as well. Lillard, unfortunately, you know, Portland – Basically built it around like, Lillard, you're our guy. We're going to put these guys around you. You take us there. I don't think he's that player. So, you know, yeah, you'd like to see him on the big stage, but if wherever he goes, he cannot be the clear-cut number one because it's just going to be the same issue at yep. his new spot that he had in Portland all these years. But, but if he does go to Miami, think about how the three big stars are going to fit together. Bam plays from the free throw line in. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler really is a mid-range shooter and slasher, and then he can pass it, and then Dame can score and get hot from the outside. All those three players really mesh and go together really, really well. There's not a whole lot of redundancy with that, so you know, that super team. Whereas with Phoenix, you could see there's a lot of redundancy between Booker and Beal and their mm -hmm. play style. These three guys all play really well together. Two of them are great defenders, so they could cover up for uh, Dame's uh, just not being a great defender. So mm -hmm. I think they would fit really well together and Jimmy Butler can be the, the leader of the team in the playoffs and then let, let Dame do his thing, just not be the number one on that team. Yeah. But we'll see. You know, if, if we're back here next week and Dame hasn't been traded, I guess we'll... I won't be surprised. Touch, <laughs> I guess we touch on this again. Probably not because I'm at the point where until the season starts or he's traded... I'm kind of done with the Dame news. So, but good luck to Scoot Henderson. I'll be watching you in the summer league. Yeah, I like Scoot. Yeah, Scoot's a nice. He's a good. I mean, I, obviously, you don't know how he's gonna look like in the NBA, but he, he he's a he's a good he's a good player. I think. I don't know. That's oh, he's gonna perfect. be great. He's gonna that's be great. That's, that's a perfect piece to you know build around. Uh, Dustin says Dame will not be. I hope it doesn't go into uh, next offseason. I got that one. I'd really yeah, rather I than make a big move. Just yeah. I mean, my I, I I heard my today Miami's like waiting to see what his. It's really all about his decision, what he wants to do. Like really, they're all waiting on him. 
it's on his terms. So I don't like that the way it's on his terms. But obviously, he wants to find out what's good for his family and himself. So if I'm Portland, I pick up the phone in Miami and go, let's let's talk. Uh, I I'm not gonna wait for Willard. Oh no, I'm not waiting. So one not moment, this, put so. out a message like he wants to go, then go to sleep on it, wake up the next morning and be like, I'll miss the report. I think it's about like I, two, I think it's about two, like what Miami wants to offer. Like, don't want to give up my time. It has Hero. to start with Hero and then I heard Struce is not not in that package, but he's I don't want Struce. No, no, no. I'm saying I heard Struce is gonna be out too. I heard he's favorite some other teams. I heard uh it's all report. Good luck to I found Miami. It's been real. Have fun wherever you go. You're a harsh man. Hey, you're a man. harsh, that's, you're a harsh that's, owner, man. That's how I roll. <laughs> you, ain't go, you ain't gonna last in the league, man. <laughs> or I'll be a rock. He said you already else. seen what my Celtics done to him. Yeah. Gonna say, like this sounds like Danny Ainge stuff. So I mean, come on. Like it works. If you if you get the right decisions, yeah, it works. <laughs> I mean, I, I've watched Belichick operate this way for 20 plus years. Like, we should do like another show where it's like we pick, like, if we're an owner, how would we got there? Like, pick our starting five. Like, how would we do that? That'd be cool. Like, a little segment. Like, us will we'll be like four owners. We'll kind of like decide what, how we want to build our roster. Our starting five. That'd be pretty interesting. I think, I think there's an interesting idea in there. We'll have to save it for like one of the really slow, probably sports weeks, but I'm not like slow. There's nothing going on right now. Yeah, it's gonna get worse, Dame is Lillard. the worst part. Yeah, we, we're building up into free agency with like the July 1st, all with that July stuff 1st, coming yeah, up. Friday, right? it, yeah. It's gonna get rough like the week after the all star game in uh in July for baseball. That's when things are gonna get really uh, yeah. really slow. So, so maybe one of those weeks, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. See, Sajin gets it. Look, he's taking phone calls on DeAndre Ayton right now. Phone lines are open. Oh, not hear you on that one. Like Aiden, but who knows? I think Frank Vogel might work out work with Aiden. Who knows? Because he's a defensive minded coach. So he also said he was going to work with Chris Paul, and now he's a warrior <laughs> after being a wizard. Which that's a great segue. Good old Chris Paul and Jordan Poole. I mean, we don't have to talk long about this one because I mean, I I just don't get Chris Paul necessarily with Golden State. They like to play fast. You know, Chris Paul has a history with hamstring. All I can see is him trying to push the ball one day, pull up lame, and then it's like, oh, no, Chris Paul got hurt again. Jordan Poole goes to Washington where he's clearly going to be probably their best offensive player. You know, don't he's going to get all the shots he wants. Yeah, don't be surprised if you see that, you know, Bottom ticker on ESPN and pools putting up 30, 35 on a lot of nights. I could see it. He might shoot 30 shots to get there, but hey, he's now the guy in Washington. I guess looking at this, because we know what Washington is trying to do, but from Golden State's perspective, what do you think is the purpose of, of them bringing in Chris Paul? Uh, we'll start with, let's start with Jake on this one. So I was really surprised by this. I I didn't think that the Warriors, I thought that the Warriors needed some help with a a new backup point guard to help win. Cause when Steph Curry went off the court, the team really struggled, really, really struggled. And I thought they needed some help with some size. Those were the two big weaknesses that I thought I didn't expect them to go after Chris Paul. He doesn't really fit 
for what the Warriors want. He's a very ball dominant, ball stopper, slower player. He loves the pick and roll. And the Warriors run, I think, historically like the lowest pick and roll in the currently in the NBA. So you have to worry about that style. But I mean, at, at this point, it's like you have to move off of the Jordan Poole contract. It was a bad contract. You have to move off of Jordan Poole himself because it it he ruined the team. That whole fight between him and Draymond ruined the team. They've admitted it later once the season ended that things were never the same. And when it comes to Poole and Draymond, the Warriors are always going to pick Draymond Green, which is the right call. So I, I get that. I, I just, I guess the only thing I could say why they did this is they're going to have Chris Paul play like 20 minutes a game, maybe play 45, 50 games just to make sure that by March and April, he's ready to go. And then he can take the last three minutes of the second quarter of the first quarter, last three minutes of the third quarter and playoff games to kind of run that second offense. So they don't fall off of a cliff. I don't, I don't know. I don't love it. How does he fit? What's their closing lineup going to be? Are they going to go small with, with Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, as they're one, two, and three, like that's that's not good for size. They're not great defenders anymore because of their age. The only thing you could think of for Chris, he's going to get a ton of open mid-range shots because of how the offense works around the perimeter. But man, I just I was shocked by this, and we'll wait to see how it goes. But I'm I'm pretty wishy-washy on this. I know the Warriors are a smart organization, and it's hard to say that they made a bad sign or a bad trade or anything but I just, I don't see the logic for this. I, I really just, I think they, they could have got a better point guard like Tyus Jones, for instance, that could have been a better fit for what they're wanting to do just because of Chris Paul's age and his injury history. Okay. I mean, actually, I think I saw the other day that there was kind of a rumor the Celtics were almost willing to get uh, Jordan Poole. So I wonder if that might have been an original Brogdon type of deal. But, um, I mean, Dustin has brought up some interesting yeah. points in the chat because he talked about how uh, Curry made it clear that it was either him or Green, which I don't know what this deal necessarily means for that because it kind of seems like they moved Pool to free up money to bring back Green. But if Curry was kind of ready for green to go. Then it's like, you're telling Curry we're choosing green over you. That kind of seems like you might be in for a season of drama in golden state, which I don't think has really been kind of the thing with that, with this group when they first really started winning together. So maybe we're at a kind of turning point for this franchise. I mean, look, uh, Myers left the front office. You have Dunlavy now running things. I think there's questions now about like how long is Kerr going to be the coach. So I mean, maybe it's the beginning of the end of the the Warriors' uh, little dynasty that they had. And uh, okay, so just as a Curry said, the fight ruined the chemistry. So the part that I thought about this, and I'll ask you know Dylan and Jordan this question: Is it a little interesting that Draymond opts out? They moved Jordan Poole in that time. The way I read it was. It almost seemed like Draymond dropped. Um, Draymond opted out and probably told the front office, "I wouldn't opt in if Jordan Poole is still here because of the fight and everything." And then, you know, in our group chat, we kind of saw some of the stuff that Jordan Poole said. That's neither here nor there. And maybe it was just more of a Poole or Green decision for next season. So, do you think that's what really led to Jordan Poole getting traded, or do you really think 
the Warriors actually want Chris Paul. Uh, so. I, I, I don't think they actually really wanted Chris Paul. Um, I feel like they they liked the concept of whatever they thought, maybe whatever the new GM thought of what they could do with Chris Paul was enticing. And they thought maybe that was just the, what the best offer they could get for Jordan Poole with what they wanted as well, too. Um, I mean, it's interesting. I definitely do think um, uh, a lot of it was pushed for the team being like Draymond Green or Jordan Poole. Um, I do think it was a lot of a lot of that veteran leadership like Curry and Thompson being like, hey, we'll be pretty unhappy if you choose Jordan Poole over, you know, Draymond Green. I imagine if what said what was said was said in the 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 <laughs> what happened before the fight, basically, um, I could see why a lot of people would be upset about that, especially the veterans of that team. Um I feel like it was kind of a it was a little bit of a desperation move. They Draymond opting out might have made them have to be kind of put in a little bit of a hot seat. You know, he could have been like Sacramento's giving me money, chop chop. You know, it's either me or him. Probably could have get some pushback from Curry. You know, some other veterans in that room, and they had to make a move. And they thought Chris Paul was the best they could get. We don't know who, what actually Jordan Poole was receiving on the market. It could have been worse, and Chris Paul maybe could have been the best deal they could have got out there. Mm-hmm. So, okay. especially uh, these GMs know a lot more than what we know as well, right. too. So, uh, so Dustin's kind of saying, yeah, they traded pool to try to keep the court through together. However, I think Green has run his course and Golden State how many times he's gotten ejected and suspended to put his team in a bind too many to count. Yeah. I mean, I think Paul. I think Paul. I mean, I don't think he would ever because since Curry is still there, I don't think he would ever like start. On the Warriors, so I think that you know he has a more chance to start. And like Kyle, you said how like he's gonna probably average 25, 30 he points shoot, per game. He's a shooting guard, yeah, so shooting guard sometimes. Well, I'm just saying with, with Clay there. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't see Clay going to the bench. Like, so I think that, I mean, I, I can see Jordan maybe doing that six man role maybe on the mm-hmm. Warriors, but um, now he's going to Washington where he can kind of have that limelight in Washington, um, where he can be that. Well, I mean, I don't know what moves they're gonna make it in Washington. They're gonna oh, lose, games. We'll... They're yeah. losing games. Oh, yeah. That's what they're doing. They, they basically got rid of all the big contracts least, that they had. At to. least Jordan or Jordan Poole can at least start and play, and you know he's still young. It's Maybe they're gonna be an all-star next year. <laughs> Twenty-seven a game on twenty-six shots. <laughs> <laughs> but like, average like but twenty-seven, like... five and five. <laughs> But like, but like Dylan said, I don't think that you know they 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 wanted Chris Paul. But like I said, like like uh, I think Dennis said that it's like uh, they they need that veteran, you know, off the bench to like say if Curry gets tired, Chris can Man, come they in. They don't need no veteran off the bench. They got veterans there. They got Steve. They Curry got all there. young players. I mean, they got all Kaminga. Is he a veteran? And do you need to, do you need more veterans if you re-sign Draymond Green? Like well, I'm what if saying, they like you could have got Tyus Jones there. They needed a backup point guard. You could have got a carry the lottery. team. You could have got a cheap veteran option to put on that team. Like go sign Jay Crowder. Draymond, that's a cheap I'm, veteran option. But what if they don't sign Draymond Green? Then who's going to be that veteran? Draymond's re-signing. Like all indications are that he's going to return to Golden You're State. You're killing Jordan's dream of Draymond Green in LA. No, I'm it not. Ain't, it ain't happening, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, I'm just saying it. Like <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I mean, yes. I, you know, you know. Obviously, he hasn't signed. We don't know. There could be some 
sneaky team that offers him something that Golden State's not ready to do and he signed somewhere else. True, but I mean, all signs just kind of point to him just going back to Golden State. Yeah. Even though I think Golden State's probably biggest issue is Clay Thompson. If he can't regain his form from before the injury, that's a really big need for them. So you're either going to have to have him step up or you got to need somebody to step up behind him. So on those nights where he just doesn't have a shot, you can bring somebody in to kind of keep the offense flowing. Because the playoff series, like Clay Thompson was was horrible. As bad as Jordan Poole was, even though he got a lot of attention for it, Clay Thompson wasn't that much better. Oh, Jake, you're muted. I think you're still, you're still muted. muted. You're still muted. What? Okay, now you're there. You go. There we go. I feel like an old man there. That game six clay <laughs> that we had—that's not the game six clay we're used to. That was yeah. terrible. It was yeah. embarrassing. And it was sad because, like, we know what it is. It's catastrophic injuries, but those things happen. These these guys are old. I think uh, what Steph's gonna be thirty-five, and then Clay and Draymond are thirty-three. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an old team. And then Chris Paul's 36, 37, 38. It's an old team. You have yeah. to worry about injuries. Yeah. So the only way this really works is if Chris Paul's going to Golden State under the assumption he's running the second team, you know, maybe in the playoffs he becomes a guy who gets a little bit more minutes, you know, plays in the closing lineups and all that. But if he's running the second team, I guess I would I could see you know, the point of it, but it's going to be interesting, especially if Draymond comes back. Draymond, Chris Paul, like referees are going to be dreading those nights with those two. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be and bad. That's going to be, that's going to be rough. Expect a lot of uh, scheduled rest for Chris Paul. They need him for the playoffs. They need him healthy for the playoffs. That's what this trade's for. That yeah. has to be their logic. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, I do have a couple of grids, but based on time, I might just do one of them while I'm getting that. If there's any like other free agent news or something, well, I guess the John Collins. We could talk about that for like two seconds. John yeah. Collins actually got traded. It's, Who knew? It's no like, longer Groundhog's Day with the rumors <laughs> going around. Whoop, whoop, what, a, what, a, what a world. Yeah. Let's just hope that now that he's in Utah, it's not something where next year it's like, oh, John Collins could get moved to the trade deadline. Yeah, and like we said, and you know, we had our little pre-show meeting. It's it's a trade that works out for both teams. Atlanta needed to dump some salary. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a good fit for the team. There has to be some hurt psyche, hurt feelings when you're being in trade rumors for multi, for like two, three years. Yeah, you're always goes, like, yeah, I imagine you're paranoid. Like to be fair, yeah. like I feel bad for NBA players like that. Like if you're on the trade block the whole time, imagine like not being like, hey, honey, like we're gonna have to move. When? I don't know if it's where I don't know. Like you don't know when or where. So for him to get a fresh start on a young team, he's going to, as a great coach, it's going to be a good fit for Utah that they could take on some salary. You guys got Rudy Gayback, who's a good bench player. Like it just worked out. Like there's like Atlanta to move on from him. Utah could get some good players. It's a, it's a win-win. It looks like Woj says Sacramento. Sacramento for, for Draymond. No, I'm just saying, like, oh, I was just saying, like, going on with that Twitter line, just like, oh. honey, where we're going? <laughs> oh, like, Sacramento. Loach says yep. Sacramento. So, and then it turns out it's Utah. It's like, yeah, oh, dumb, but they have dumb, but they have the whole panel on, on what? Draymond? Like, <laughs> yeah, a Woj bomb? Ready to go. 
All right. Hold on. Let me get this grid to show up here. But like, but like on Monday, like we said, like the the free agent market's kind of like. Uh, it's a trade market this year. That's the big one. It's not the free agent market. Yep. Or the free agent market. I mean, still kind of like bad. Kind of like there's a couple players on there, but it's Fred like Van Vliet uh, sweepstakes. Yeah, that's that's nothing to get your fan base excited over, especially if he's gonna be wanting over twenty five million a year. I like the dude. Don't get me wrong; he's a good player, but at some point, that salary and his oh, isn't his, um, his age and his lack of like he didn't play very good last year in Toronto. He wasn't very good. So if he's the sweepstakes, like you have to get him to the right contract for it to be a win. Yeah. Wait, uh, Jay, I saw a post on Twitter. I don't know if it was like was um was marketing it was he in war or something like that in this so, country. Yeah, so he's he's from Finland, and there's like I don't know all the rules for it, but every young man has to do some service in the military and he's not mm-hmm. involved in a war it's like training camp or basic training for the military and he they they gave him the chance to like to skip it and not go for it but he's like no i'm, I'm gonna do it for my country and so he's just in training camp whatever it's called basic training it's all he was on like camouflage yeah like it's, it's pretty cool yeah that's him i, I love mark yeah, a lot, a lot of like the european guy. guys have to have to deal with that yep all right so i have an nfl grid this week Oh, let's do it. I have a feeling Dylan's going to school us all on this one. Maybe. It just depends on what (laughs) NFL plays. Hold on. I got to remove it real quick. Uh, Oh, Dylan uh, put in the chat, Trey overrated. Should have been the one traded. I mean, sure. I mean, I've been one of those who's been what is, what is overly Dylan, critical of Trey Young. What is Dylan's hate on Dylan's team, man? <laughs> and he just doesn't like Trey Young. It's understandable. He's not for everybody. <laughs> Dylan uh, called him trash in the group chat, and Dylan just let it slide, man. It's whatever. People got their own opinions. Lamar Jackson's trash. You gonna do something about it? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm on that flight. I'm on that first flight to Oklahoma, man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but how you gonna mix some NFL and NFL? come on, bro? Hey, the next next topic, man. You man, because I got you pressed. That's all he's trying to do. Can next you guys topic. see? The, you guys see the grid? Yeah, I could yep. see it. Okay. Yep, I can see. So it. we got the uh, Green Bay Packers, Pittsburgh Steelers. Got Niners. All I need is somebody who rushed for over sixteen hundred yards in a season for each team. Uh, at least fifteen hundred receiving yards for each team, and a member. That also played for the Raiders at one point in their career for each team. So, well, I'm going to put, uh, I'll start and I'll say Jerry Rice for the receiving one. Easy. Yes. Get one out of the way. Devontae Adams for the receiving yards for, for the Packers. Yes. And then, not and a fan went- favorite, but I'm going to say it anyways. Antonio Brown for the other one. Okay. Yeah. I figured the receiving ones would get out of the way pretty quickly. Yep. Okay. What is that? Sixteen hundred rushing. Did did bet did Jerome Bettis hit sixteen hundred? I don't think he ever did. I do believe he is, did. Is he one? Not. I, okay, I don't think he that did. One. I don't think he ever did because he had a lot of injuries because of his play style because he was so big. Yes, he was a very big guy. I think a Packers running back is not Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has never hit it just to get that out of the way, right? Did I, I believe he came close? 
Yeah, I didn't think he got it. Did Almond Green hit 1,600 rushing yards? Yeah, for that, the that would Almond Green did, yes. Okay. Had to pull that one out of my dark recesses in my mind, trying to pull back to my old Madden days. It's like, oh. I mean, I would, I would, man. <laughs> Come on, Jordan. <laughs> so all we need, so all we need is like the receive uh, the rushing yards. We need running backs okay. from Pittsburgh and San Francisco to go over sixteen hundred yards in a season. And then Raiders that played on those teams. I'm trying not to duplicate because there's some easy duplicates we've already had on the board. I'm trying to think of people that have played on both. Okay. Was so. it for the Steelers? Was it Franco Harris? Oh, oh. Martavis Bryant. Franco Harris. I, yes. Oh. You got the rushing one. All right. Nice work. Oh. I was going to say Martavis Bryant played for the Raiders and the Steelers. He did. Yes. I don't know why and... I thought him, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like closing my eyes and just trying to think of players right hmm. i'm trying to think of running backs for san francisco did garrison hurst hit 1600 for the niners back in the day i don't think he's on that list Mm-mm. okay do we, we get raiders too i know there's no thing in the raiders box like down yeah that's well, for it's a team your raiders you just have to come up with somebody for the raiders who played for the, the raiders, Packers. yeah, yeah. Oh, Raiders and Packers. Mm-hmm. And then Raiders why, and Niners. I don't know why I'm thinking. Oh, Devontae did Jordy Adams, Nelson right? play for the? I, I, did Jordy Nelson play his whole career with the Raiders? I mean, yes, Devontae like, Adams with the Packers, Green Bay. No, no, Raiders. Jordy yeah, Nelson. Yeah, like I said, Jordy Nelson to, also did it too. I'm trying to think. Okay, of, so I, I don't know why I was like. I feel like I've seen Jordy Nelson in a Raiders jersey, and nope. it's just wrong. It's it just is, wrong. It is wrong, but you're also correct. <laughs> well, y'all didn't get Devontae Adams like, like before. I thought y'all did get him. Well, they got we're Adams trying, for the. I didn't think about Adams. Yeah, Green we're Green trying Day. not to duplicate everybody because, like, for instance, Jerry Rice played for the Raiders too, and so I'm just trying not to put him down there. Try to think of someone else that I can. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got Jordan Nelson. I don't know why I was like, did he play there? Is that right? Well, oh. Ricky Waters, did he hit it back in the day for the Niners with the rushing? Did he hit that? Is he on your list? Nope. Okay. Okay, so I did look it up. I was actually wrong. Garrison Hurst did do it. He had 1,570. Oh, no, I was 1,600. Sorry. So, no, Garrison Hurst didn't do it. He was close. 1,570. Yes. Jeez, 30 yards. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, Charles Woodson would have been good for the Packers Raiders too. Mm-hmm. That would have been a good one. Is this a current player? Is this a current player for San Francisco that played for both? It doesn't matter. No, it could be any player. Uh, well, just to let you know, John. Yes, you know, uh, Jake did say Jerry Rice for the Niners and Raiders, but he wanted to come up with somebody else since he already used uh, Jerry Rice for the receiving yards. <laughs> Yeah, I want to clarify. Like, we're not idiots here. We know, we know it was Jerry. <laughs> Try not to use the same player, the obvious ones. Oh, Maurice is a good one. There was the Frank Gore. Frank Gore did it. Yes. Oh, I was trying to think of his. Name, oh, I was thinking. Oh, so I I knew Frank Gore, but I just didn't think he hits over sixteen hundred. I knew. I, I just he had a sixteen hundred and ninety-five yard season. I just Dang. skipped over him, not because I didn't think he played with the 49ers, because I just didn't think he hit it. 
Oh, can a player... His name left my mind is what it was. I couldn't think of his player name. Player to play for both Sanford and Harriers, would it be Randy Moss? I don't think Moss ever played for the Niners. Yeah, Moss didn't play for the Niners. Nah. I mean, I, 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 I looked it up. Oh, Jim did, Plunkett. did Bill Romanowski play for the for the Niners? I think he did. Wait, like no, because Jordan's got me freaking out with the Randy Moss one. Because I looked it up, I did. I was like, "There's no way Randy Moss played for the Niners." It It was like Jim Plunkett, Rob Woodson, Roger Craig, Bill, and Randy Moss. Well, you're looking it up. Come on, man. I mean, I I had to because I was was frozen, man. When did Randy Moss play for the Niners? Moss did play for the Niners. Why does that like escape my memory? Let's see. He played. He did. His last season in 2012 was with the was with the San Francisco 49ers. Played 16 games. Started to count. Had he it up, cheater. 28 I mean, catches for 400 yards. <laughs> I completely wow. forgot about that. Wow. Wow. Uh, John does have a yeah. Charlie Gardner did. Charlie do Gardner, it, the running back, play for both of them as well. Yes. Did Bill Romanowski play for the Niners? I feel like he might have because I know he played I, for the Raiders. I know he feel like for I can think Raiders, of a player Broncos, that's I like think he did. I feel like I can think of like a current day player or something that like we could get. Why there has to be, it. but my my brain is. I really cannot believe Randy Moss did do a year in San Francisco. Yep, so he did. He played with the Niners and the Raiders. So there, we had somebody that we can do where there's no looking up. Nice. Okay. Learn something new every day. Yeah. I also think there's another one. uh, Malcolm Smith played with the 49ers, like the Seahawks Super Bowl MVP. I know he played with the Raiders. I'm pretty sure he played with the 49ers as well, too. Here's Freddie laughing. Freddie, did he know that? Did he know that? (laughs) Freddie, come on. <laughs> um, Michael Crabtree did the Niners. Oh, yeah. oh, the oh there's, yep. there's yep. there was literally a receiver in my mind that I was like, <laughs> there is a receiver that I cannot think about. Sorry, I, sorry, receiver like Crabtree. <clears throat> <laughs> so that's the NFL grid. You know, since we're a little past hour and a half, I'll save the NBA one for next week. Sounds good. So, um. Yeah, spell my name. You spell my name wrong, Freddie. Because <laughs> he's talking about blooper Jordan. He made a blooper of his own. So you, you got to understand the nuance of the joke. Oh man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's our NFL grid. You know, John and Mo in the chat. Appreciate you for throwing out your answers. Um, like I said, I have an NBA one. Save that one for next week. Uh, appreciate that, Mo. Says great show. So, uh, yeah, so thanks to all of you in the chat. We really appreciate all of you. Love the energy from you guys. You know, that's this is what we do. And we're here every Tuesday, 7 o'clock. We're here to, you know, bring you guys entertainment and, and give you some laughs as well. So make sure that before you guys leave, make sure you hit the subscribe button, like, share. Also stick around because you have Line in the Sand coming up after us. So if you're a wrestling fan or you're trying to get into wrestling, make sure you tune into that show. A lot going on in wrestling right now. A lot is pretty entertaining. So it's a really good show. 
And then in the morning, you got coffee and sports to get your day going. You know, tomorrow's a really good day, wire to wire. So bunch going on on the network, so make sure you stick around. Tune in for all of it. So with that, unless the Dylan, Jordan, Jake, unless any of you got anything. Great, yeah, was, great show. Yeah, great, great show. show. That was on Twitter. They were saying how there's been growing noise among league personnel that um, Dante Sanchez will be joining. Could be joining the uh, the the Knicks with Brunson and um and Hart at the Villanova group. Uh, okay, but no, I just you know I was just on Twitter. Yeah. When you first started talking, I was like, better not be a Dame Lillard year. rumor. No, no, no. Yeah, but it's Dante yeah. DiVincenzo. We, we, we'll, we'll let it slide. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah no, it was, a, it was a great show. It was a great show. Okay. So like I said, stick no, around no, for no. Line in the Sand. As for the big three, we're out of here. See you next week. Enjoy the rest of your night. We're out of here. Good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.